everybody. It's Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We want to give a special shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring our podcast. SeatGeek is a ticketing app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. SeatGeek is known for using a zero to 10 scale when you're purchasing tickets to let you know if you're getting a good deal or a bad deal. And it lets you know right at the time of purchase. And right now they're giving our listeners $20 off when you use our promo code DrewCode at the time of checkout. So go to the link in the description or download the app. Don't forget to use our promo code DrewCode to get $20 off your first order. And we hope to see you at the next game. This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in his living room is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody. Hey, everybody. What is going on? It is a lovely Thursday evening here. It's February 16th. Coming at you with a brand new Drew Code episode. And that is right. You also heard the voice of the Sanger West Hornets breaking in the show. Drew, how's it going, man? What's going on? It's going well. Um, <clears throat> I did diddly squat today it was uh really nice i got to be home and uh well i wasn't super lazy i had to do some homework so i was doing a lot of homework but you know catching up on laundry and and homework and hey man it was it's a good life so i was just chilling at home and uh, obviously with my son mm-hmm. and uh yeah it was it was fantastic uh tomorrow is gonna be a different day tomorrow's gonna be a little bit busier um so you know uh but uh, yeah everything's going all uh, everything's going well over here um how's everything going over over with you i think everything's going fine i mean i think there's a cold going around the household right now han hasn't been feeling well for i don't know about a week and then uh i pulled you this morning i wasn't feeling very well and i don't know if it's the you know the pollen kicking up around here in the valley because it can get pretty bad during the season changes but uh i've got like this the congestion i've got the phlegm in the throat so we're we're heading we're hanging in there but uh you know we're just living life man thankfully it hasn't been nearly as busy for us as it is for you and i'm sure that you are super appreciative of the of the lay low kind of a day that you're having especially with the six weeks you were going hard like every (laughs) day yeah (laughs) so I mean, but other than that, man, we're doing doing pretty well. I think we have, and uh, I don't want to spoil it, but I think we have a special event where we'll be celebrating a special person uh, coming up, I think, in a in a week or so, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, my daughter's birthday. We'll be going to the roller rink, so uh, that'll be that'll be interesting to, to do that. Are you getting on rollerblades? Absolutely not. Yeah, I'm no. not either. I was... No. good i don't feel so bad now because i was like i don't think that's a good idea because i mean you and i both had acl surgeries and i don't i really can't (laughs) afford to pay for another one so yeah no it's not it's not that i'm worried about falling in front of everyone which i mean of course it's always a little bit but um i'll be i'll be busy with doing you know getting the the party situated uh, all that jazz, probably trying to entertain some people, you know, trying to talk to everyone as much as I can. So, um, you know, that's probably what I'm going to be focusing on. And so if I have to also then I'm like, oh, I'm going to go rollerblading. I just mm-hmm. don't think I'll have the time. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a point where I'm like, oh, I probably could have. But, you know, yeah, it, ha- it is what it is. So yeah. I'm just going to I'm going to say no. And, uh, you know, 
and we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah, full disclosure, I probably won't. Um, Abby might, though. She might. She seems like somebody that would probably want to get out there on the on the rink and give it a shot. I, I just know I don't feel like busting my ass on the, on the rink. So I probably won't. <laughs> Did I tell you the story when we took Haley ice skating a couple of years ago? I think I so. I think you have. Yeah. So for those that, for the listeners, when frozen two came out, I think it was like 2018 or 19, obviously like there's ice skating in certain scenes of it. And obviously Fro- frozen is like the biggest phenomenon that's hit, you know, the world ever. And anyway, so Haley really wanted to go ice skating and we took her to the ice skating rink that was here in town. You know, the, the old one that's there. And she gets out on the ice thinking that she's going to push her way on there with no problem. And within, I don't know, six inches of stepping on the ice, just, just eats it hard. And uh, it was probably the most expensive 15 minute ice rink that we've ever done. And uh, we tried holding onto the wall and going around with her and she just was not having it. She thought it would be all this easy, fun gliding stuff like she saw in frozen. And it was absolutely the opposite of it. So (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't see that coming. Knowing I knew knowing your daughter. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I'm, I know that you know this, but we have tons of stories of her just falling and no one's around her. And that's just how graceful she is. And, and, uh, she's gotten a lot better over age, but I mean, when she was really younger, it was, it was pretty bad. And it's kind of one of those things where like, you gotta just let them experience it. So then they, you know, they kind of learn their lesson, but yeah. Then they know what they're getting into and they know what they can and cannot do. So. And then they're talking to a therapist years later about the trauma that, that we inflicted on them for letting him <laughs> yeah. do it. So I don't know why they let me do it. You so. wanted to. <laughs> I know. I just did what you asked. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about sports here, Cody. Uh, there was a big game that happened, obviously. Uh, Super Bowl 57 uh, between the Chiefs and the Eagles. Uh, you and I did our predictions. I had the Chiefs. You had the Eagles. Um, and then we did our three keys to victory for both teams. And, um, apparently you're, you've become a Philadelphia Eagle fan. So, yeah. I, you know, I didn't know you were, but anyway, um, <laughs> for those who don't know what I'm talking about, if you just go check some of the Facebook, uh, comments, uh, from the last video that we've posted about the Eagles and chiefs, um, a lot of people think, uh, that Cody was a, uh, Eagles fan. So <laughs> there you go. So we apparently he's an Eagles fan now. There you go. Um, but anyway, uh, it was a very good game. Uh, the Chiefs ended up winning 38 to 35. Um, defenses got eaten up in this game, I felt like. Um, but I will say that it honestly, when I was looking at the fourth quarter, it really didn't feel like a 35 to 35 game. Um you know, it felt like the defenses did have some stops and it felt like there were a lot of long drives by both offenses. Um, so when you looked at the score, it was actually kind of surprising to me that it was 35-35, but uh, not very surprising that the Chiefs won. And I wouldn't have been surprised if the Eagles won as well. I'm not, not saying like, oh, I knew it. You know, it was just, it, it was a really good Super Bowl. And it was, uh, you know, unfortunately, I don't want to see the Chiefs win, but, you know, being realistic i did feel like they were the better team and and they ended up being uh just barely so mm-hmm. um congratulations to the kansas city chiefs and patrick mahomes who won super bowl mvp um that was um a great performance by the chiefs i think all around i think it was hard to figure out who the mvp was for the chiefs in my opinion 
I didn't think Mahomes was the runaway favorite. I felt like there could have been some other guys um, who could have been considered. Um, but overall, I think I think Mahomes is the right call. I'm not saying it was wrong. Um, but like, you know, if you look at the Eagles, if the Eagles would have won, it would have been Jalen Hurts by a landslide. I don't think yeah. anyone else would have argued that. Um, so, you know, congratulations to the Chiefs. Congratulations to the Eagles for making it a really good game. Yeah. Um, so Cody, kind of like, what were your, uh, final thoughts on, on the Super Bowl 57 for you? Well, I think my final thoughts on it were, was that the Eagles defense just completely let down, uh, the offense. I mean, uh, the offense had a 10 point lead heading into halftime and, uh, you know, obviously Pat, we all saw that Patrick Mahomes looked like he re-injured his right ankle sprain and he went into the locker room hobbling. So I think the Eagles were probably flying high at that point, no pun intended, but you know, when they came out into the second half, they just didn't have that, uh, the same tenacity. Cause I believe in the first half, the pass rush of the Eagles was able to get like five hurries and five quarterback hits on Mahomes. And, uh, but Credit to the Chiefs, though they gave up no sacks the entire game, which is in, which, by the way, itself is super impressive considering, on statistically, they went against the number one pass rush defense in yep. the NFL. Now, some will argue that they didn't really go against a lot of competition during the regular season, but they were all. It's the NFL, so take it with a grain of salt or take the stats with what you will. But yep. statistically speaking, the Eagles were the best pass rush defense that uh, Mahomes faced. And uh, credit to the Chiefs offensive line for keeping uh, Mahomes upright. But in the second half, though, is where you saw, and I think, too, to your credit, Drew, what you would, what you were calling out to what the difference was for you, which was coaching. Andy Reid made all the right adjustments. Uh, the defense for the Chiefs, I think, did their best to just contain the Eagles offense because the run game really wasn't working for the Eagles. Miles Sanders really couldn't get going. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell had some decent uh, – some decent rushes Jalen hurts at some points, you know, he would get a a long gain. And then the second half, he was more or less a little bit more, uh, uh, few yards here and there. It wasn't anything to be excited about. Um, but, uh, credit to, to the offense of the chiefs for just dissecting the Eagles defense. And I think, Unfortunately, this kind of just saw, and again, I will give you credit for this, Drew, the coaching and differences between the two teams. Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, uh, uh, I forget the defensive coordinator for the uh, Chiefs. I want to say Spagnolia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they all made the, the right corrections at the time to just do enough, especially on the offensive side. It felt like in the second half, the Chiefs offense can do anything they wanted against the Eagles defense and the Eagles defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. And, and again, I think the reason why it didn't feel like 35, 35 in the fourth quarter is because the chiefs absolutely dominated. They, every possession they had in the second half, they scored on and they never gave the ball back and never gave the Eagles extra opportunities. And, you know, again, hats off to the chiefs. They, they beat the Eagles fair and square. I mean, I know that there's a controversial call that we'll probably talk about in a second, but I mean, whether it was ticky tack or not, you still can't ignore what the chiefs did to the Eagles defense. It probably would have done had they gotten the ball back or whatever the case may be. I don't, I don't know if it would have increased the Eagles chances of, um, of winning or scoring again, because no offense, but the chiefs defense was actually getting home on, on uh, Jalen hurts towards the end of the fourth quarter. So, I mean, they usually play really good when they have a lead or trying to protect the lead and uh, the Eagles, you know, 
kind of their story all year has been they have a lead. They kind of are lackadaisical in the second half. They lose the lead and then they claw their way back to our close finish, which essentially is what happened. But they did that to the Chiefs and you cannot give the Chiefs any opportunities to get back into the game or score or get them in rhythm, which is exactly what happened. And, you know, I just I I think we witnessed a really fun and great Super Bowl that had a lot of drama to it, but also to just glaring um, differences amongst coaching and skilled positions and the quarterback position, no doubt. So I think that's my overall takeaway and my um, my thoughts on the Super Bowl that uh, obviously that we all got to witness. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, 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 you, you brought up the call. Of course, we all know it. Everyone listen, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the camp of, I wish they didn't call it. Um, I thought it was ticky tacky. It was behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, it by by rule, it's the right call. Whether you whether you want to admit it or not, by rule, that's that's the right call. It sucks that they did it at a time like that, where they were basically letting everything go, and then you know, and of course, we're going to hear the NFL's rigged, blah blah blah. <laughs> I'm not one of those people who thinks that the NFL is rigged. Uh, call me crazy, but I just. I I just I don't okay and we could go into a whole rabbit hole like that but we'll maybe we can do that another day but yeah it was it was a pretty ticky tacky call but that's not why the Eagles lost now if the Eagles had the got the ball back after because the the Chiefs would have had to kick a field goal I think they would have made it again you never know of course um. And I don't know how the script was. I mean, maybe the script was that he was going to miss it in that point. So maybe that's why they threw the flag. I don't know. Yeah, you didn't read that part we were due for yeah. overtime. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get the script. But anyway. Uh, but, you know, I I do feel like the Chiefs, like you said, the defense was starting to make Hurts very uncomfortable, which is what I was saying uh, as one of the keys to the game, make Hertz uncomfortable. Yes, he can run, but you know he had to score three rushing touchdowns. He had to run fifteen times. Now, some of those were obviously design runs that they had run, and um, you know the Chiefs said, "Go ahead and throw it. We want you to throw it." Their contained defense was really good. They were really controlling the sides. They were not letting him get out of the pocket very easily. Um, so I thought they did a great job and I thought they were getting a little bit better. It felt like the bigger throws that Jalen Hurts was going to have to make were starting to kind of be a little bit labored. Okay. I am still not like a huge Jalen Hurts fan and I don't want it to seem like I hate him or whatever. I just, I still worry about his arm, but listen, he silenced a lot of people and it's hard for me now to come on here and be like, Oh, I don't think Jalen Hurts is top 10. I don't I don't know if I could say he's not top 10. I'm not going to say I'm not going to go into all of that, but what I'm saying is he had a really good game, but I do also think that Chiefs defense as you had already said was starting to get home a little bit more. And the other thing was is like you said, the Chiefs couldn't be stopped in the second half. They scored every time they had the football in the second half. Now, you can blame it on a call. You could say the Eagles would have got the ball back. They would have had one timeout left, would have been able to uh, possibly drive down the field. Maybe. 
Okay, that's a big maybe. Maybe the Chiefs miss the field goal and it's tied and the Eagles have to move down the field. Maybe. But here's the thing. One thing that we did know is the Chiefs kept scoring. So even if they went into overtime, let's say, game was tied, or even let's say, you know, the Chiefs had the ball with maybe 25 seconds left on the clock, it's Patrick Mahomes. Like, you still think he could probably get it done, even with a bum leg. Mm -hmm. So as much as... I, I keep hearing, I can't believe this call. This was a you know bogus call, blah, blah, blah. Listen, that's not why the Eagles lost, okay? That's not the reason they lost. Did it give the Chiefs an extra chance? Yes. Jarek McKinnon made a wonderful play mm-hmm. to slide, did not get in the end zone. That was brilliant. Now, I am more on, on the side of, I probably would have just scored because you would make the Eagles have to score a touchdown. And I know a lot, that's probably unpopular, but. In my opinion, I'd rather you have to go for a touchdown than a field goal. And I think as a head coach, that that shows that you trust your defense to do your job. And that's just me. And and I don't think Andy Reid was doing anything wrong and and probably telling McKinnon, hey, don't go in the end zone. That was a great heads up play. Mm-hmm. It looked like they were going to tackle him, and then he got loose, and they just stopped. And he was like, oh, I probably need to slide down here. It was a brilliant awareness. Thought that was great. Um, and you I don't know if you can really coach that. In the moment, yeah. you're thinking that you're gonna score in the Super Bowl, you know, that's tough to not go in the end zone. And he did it. So uh kudos to McKinnon. So there was just a lot of things that the Chiefs did that they had the experience. That is a smart play. I don't think any of the Eagles players would have done that. Mm-hmm. And I'm again, I I I am on the side of I would have just scored the touchdown and you know, trust my defense, but I have no problem with him, with them doing that. And it obviously worked and it was a smart play because the Eagles only had what one timeout left, or I think at that point zero. Yeah. So there, there was just, you could see the experience of the chiefs being in the super bowl. They've been in there twice now and majority of their, you know, top guys, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, majority of that offensive line, majority of the defense, they had been to those last two Super Bowls. So that experience really showed. Um, and, uh, you know, that's why I say I, I don't believe that the Chiefs, you know, were this way better team. But I also don't think that the call is what ended up losing the Eagles the game. I think the Eagles had a lot of different opportunities to either make a stop or, or to score a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And they ended up not. And hey, listen, that's what happens in the Super Bowl. It's it's a very narrow. It usually is a narrow gap mm-hmm. to oh, th- if we would have done this, we would have won. Yeah, you know. So, um, congratulations to the Chiefs. I I mean, I was thinking about going into the stats, but I, I don't think there's really is much else to say other than the Chiefs deserved it. They played really well. They played smart. Yeah, and. That's the experience, and that's the talent of Patrick Mahomes. They didn't need Patrick Mahomes to throw for 200 yards. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. So speaking of Patrick Mahomes, um, obviously he's been to three Super Bowls in his five years of being a full-time starter. Where do you think he ranks all-time amongst quarterbacks? That's tough. Right now he's great. 
There, there's no question that he is a great quarterback. Um, I see a lot of people putting him over Dan Marino. Um, you know, listen, I, I get it because Dan Marino didn't win the Super Bowl. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But I I don't know if he's top five yet for me. I think I think he's got to have a little bit, a few more years under his belt for me. That, mm-hmm. Because there's just so many ridiculous numbers out there. Like, how do you put, how do you put Mahomes over like a Drew Brees right now for me? I mean, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I know Drew Brees won only one Super Bowl, but... Drew Brees was a phenomenal. He was the one of the best. He was always a top three quarterback. Like every year, he was with New Orleans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was ridiculous. It was a long stretch. Um, you know, I wouldn't put him over Peyton Manning right now because to me, Peyton Manning, you know, obviously holds something in my heart. Right. <laughs> um, you know, Tom Brady. I mean, <laughs> I think Tom Brady is one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen ever, mm-hmm. if not the best. Um, you know, I think Patrick Mahomes has a chance to catch all these guys, but at the same time, he, I, to me, he hasn't caught to them yet. He's having a great stretch, no question, mm-hmm. but I think he's got to have a few more experiences because I'm not willing to put him over Joe Montana right now. Who's four and in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. or Terry Bradshaw. Who's another guy who's four Oh, um, so there's a lot of quarterbacks to me, um, that just because of longevity and, you know, other Super Bowls that they've had to win and it, it's just hard for me to put him over. And I think, I think it's a bit of an overreaction to put Patrick Mahomes in top five right now, mm-hmm. but I do see him potentially, uh, getting there, but you know, he's going to have to continue to do what he's doing. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be one of those guys that are probably going to put him in the top five because I don't know of any quarterback in the five-year stretch that's had anything better outside of Tom Brady. I mean, the only thing that's stopping Patrick Mahomes from getting inside top three or even behind Tom Brady is the fact that he's only played in he's only been in the league for six seasons. Five of those, he's been the starter because he's knocking on the back door of uh, 200 passing touchdowns just in those five years. 105.7 career passer rating and that's not even including the playoff passer rating which is actually up it's at almost 108 so I just think that Patrick Mahomes and and again maybe it's the maybe it's the team around him that uh, makes him look so good I I like to think that it's basically talent and it does help that you have one of the best offensive minded head coaches and probably football's ever seen in uh, Andy Reid but I mean Mm -hmm. I think too, like there's a, obviously during the, uh, I think it was the chiefs parade. I forgot. I think it was today or yesterday uh, where he basically called those out that said that they were in a rebuild and they won a super bowl in their quote unquote rebuilding year. Um, I, it's just hard to, I, I get it's the longevity part, but it's really hard to say that he's not, you know, in the conversation. And, you know, again, with the Terry Bradshaw's, I agree. He's not ahead of Joe Montana. I unfortunately I would put Patrick Mahomes in front of Dan Marino, not because I don't think Dan Marino's a great quarterback, but Dan Marino's never won the Super Bowl. Um, Patrick Mahomes has already been there three times, won it twice. Um, I mean, Peyton Manning is probably number two all time for me as well, because of all that he did in the regular season. And granted, uh Peyton only has I think two Super Bowl victories out of four four uh trips, but 
I mean, Patrick Mahomes, though, has been doing something that I don't think we've ever seen him do in an efficient level uh, in football so far. But again, he's only 27 and he could very easily do, um, you know, win a couple more seasons and then just retire because what is there left to accomplish? I mean, that's how that's how quickly that he's come into the league, taken over and succeeded at this point. So I'm, I'm probably one of those people where I can say, yeah, I think he's top five amongst everything, but it's hard to argue against the five years that he's already done as a full-time starter. Like I mentioned, it's just, I mean, I know it's not, not longevity, but it's astounding what he's already put out in front of everybody in such a short amount of time. So that's what, that's what I'd say. I'd be in the camp of probably top five, knocking on top four, depending on who we're, you know, depending on how we're ranking said quarterbacks. So, well, I'll be clear. If he continues to do what he's done so far, then I have no problem with that. Even if he just wins one more Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I have no problem with putting him top top five. I'm just saying right now, mm-hmm. just not. I'm not there yet, me personally. Not sure. saying that I don't think Patrick Mahomes is great. As much as I hate the Chiefs and I hate playing against Patrick Mahomes, the reason I hate playing against Patrick Mahomes is because I know how great he is. Yeah. But, you know, I also look at it from the perspective of, what if this is the Chiefs last year they ever make it to a Super Bowl? Or what if they continue to make it, but they keep losing it? Mm -hmm. I think that does kind of tarnish somewhat of what your legacy is. He could be fantastic in the regular season, but, you know, it also is going to be a little worrisome if they never make it again or if they constantly make it and they constantly lose. It's like, why can't they get it done? Mm-hmm. When then we're going to always talk about, well, Patrick Mahomes had this great career starting and then all of a sudden he just can never win the big game again. Yeah. You know, not saying I, I think that's actually what's going to happen. I would, I would, if I were a betting man, I would probably bet the, uh, the first part where you know if he continues to do what they're doing where they make you know three super bowls again and win two of them mm-hmm. i i mean <laughs> i i would rather that's probably a safer bet than than um anticipating a colossal fall for him yeah but i'm just saying i'm not there yet personally um, you know, maybe you should put this one on TikTok. Maybe <laughs> people will kind of understand what we're talking about. Um, but I mean, in in reality, I just I'm not there to say, oh, I I think he's better than this so and so player. But I think he, if he continues the trajectory that he's going, mm-hmm. absolutely, I'm I'm on board with that. But um, as of right now, I'll just say not there yet. We are supported by FNX Fit. FNX is a workout and supplement company that is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality. FNX has high quality protein powders, creatine, and pre-workout supplements. FNX has also got amazing workout gear such as tees and tanks, an essential joggers line, and of course, shaker bottles. Not only is FNX Fit selling great products, but they have an even better message. FNX has launched their live program with every FNX order They are donating a portion of each product bought and helping deliver clean drinking water in countries of need. Go to the special link in the description below and use our promo code DREWCODE15 to get 15% off your purchase when you use our link. And don't forget, we become greater when we rise together.
and actually I just thought of something too, before we wrap on this question. Um, here's, I think another thing that might be a, not a hit on Patrick Mahomes legacy. I will say, I'll just say it just, maybe the true question is to see how great he is once Andy Reid steps aside. And here's mm -hmm. why I say that. Remember when he was in Philadelphia, he had Donovan McNabb as his quarterback. Yeah. And what happened in that time when he was with the Eagles and Donovan McNabb, they went to, I think it was three consecutive NFC title games and a mm -hmm. fourth one, which actually they wound up in the Super Bowl to go against Tom or uh, yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah. Tom Reed. Um, Tom, Tom Brady, Tom, dude. Tom Brady. But, um, I mean, I would also say too, like Donovan McNabb, do we think that he's as talented as Patrick Mahomes? I don't, no. I don't think so. But yet he, again, under the system that Andy Reid had and his play calling and his creativity offensively was able to get that team to the NFC title game four years in a row plus one Super Bowl. And now Andy Reid has essentially did it again with the Chiefs. Now, granted, he just so happened to have drafted potentially the all-time greatest quarterback in the game's history. But, you know, I think, I, I think, and I guess I'm citing on your point why maybe top 10 might be a little early just because we have a small sample size. Maybe the argument will be better to um, present once we see maybe what Patrick Mahomes does without Andy Reid to see if maybe it, it you know, kind of like remember when, you know, that argument was, is it Bill or is it Tom Brady? Who's the one that's really getting them to the Super Bowl or winning and being successful? I think we're kind of in the same discussion and we're all siding with Patrick Mahomes, but what if it's Andy Reid that's constructed all this for Patrick Mahomes? So when Andy Reid steps aside, Patrick Mahomes, I don't want to say falls off, but just isn't as good as he is right now, so to speak. And again, marginally, you know, not as good, I would say. So I think that's maybe a question in the future that we'd have to see if that day ever comes where Andy Reid steps away and Patrick Mahomes has to continue without him. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, the future. Uh, way too early predictions, Cody. Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. Hint, hint, Cody. Maybe I might have a certain team in there. <laughs> Who's going to the Super Bowl 58, in right. your opinion? In my opinion. Okay, so I'll start with the NFC. I'm at, And I hate to say this because you know how I feel about this team. In the NFC, I think I'm going to say it's the San Francisco 49ers that will make it to the NFC. I think um, one of the things that they do need to address is whoever their new defensive coordinator is going to be because I think D'Amico Ryan's really made that defense spectacular. Yeah. However, I do think that they will find a coordinator – and I think too, what's um, what's really great about the 49ers is how much of the team believes in Kyle Shanahan and his program and his system. I think I saw a clip about Debo Samuels talking about Kyle Shanahan and how, how he's a hall of fame coach and 49ers should never get rid of him no matter what, because of how consistent he is, how much he gets the best out of his guys. Um, and I would say too, San Francisco has either Brock Purdy coming back or Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance will probably be the the guy that ends up taking the starting role. And I think that that offense, especially with Christian McCaffrey having a full season, will look even more dangerous. And I think that they will. And I think too, the NFC is very weak. They don't really have a 
plethora of great quarterbacks like in the AFC. And I am foreshadowing. I don't, I think one quarterback in particular and Aaron Rodgers won't be in the NFC for very much longer. But I think in that case, I think the the teams in the NFC won't be nearly as tough to get through. And I think San Francisco will catch magic like they did, but they will be consistently strong all, all next season, in my opinion, to get to the Super Bowl. And then in the AFC, I think this offseason will be very interesting because I think the Chiefs are going to retool in certain aspects, like maybe receiver maybe a couple of other skill positions. And I think I, I see the chiefs coming back uh, to the super bowl for a back-to-back season, call it recency bias. And I'm okay with that. But I think the reason why I would say the chiefs is because the only other teams I would argue that have a shot of getting there is the Bengals and the Bengals have a cap issue going on right now where they either have to get rid of Mixon, uh, They're potentially going to sign uh, Joe Burrow to a long extension, which they should. Uh, we have questions about Josh Allen. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, the dolphins, there's questions about Tua's health, even though they have a really good defense and a really good offense. If there's a quarterback that's, uh, comparable there chargers, I think that they're up and coming, but I don't think that they are, you know, going to get into the super bowl Jaguars are maybe another team that I would say is a very good team that can grow, but I still don't know if there's any of those could beat the chiefs when it matters the most, because the chiefs are just that good. They have all this talent. And I think that in the off season, they will retool to tweak just enough to get just a little bit better, but you still can't beat them. So I would have the Niners and the chiefs uh, in the super bowl for next season. I hate you. That's exactly what I picked. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I, this Niners defense is a well-oiled machine. Now we talk about D'Amico Ryan's, how great of a job he did. And I'm not denying that. But we were also talking about how Robert Sala made that defense phenomenal. Yeah. Then D'Amico Ryans came in, did a fantastic job. Okay, I'm not denying that. And I think the next guy who's coming in is inheriting a great defense. You still have uh, one of the best linebackers in the league, if not the best linebacker in the league in Fred Warner. Um, That secondary is probably the weakest point. And... They're still a really this this is a very talented DB class in the sense of they know exactly where they're supposed to be. They're not overstepping where they're you know trying to make a this spectacular play. They know, hey, I need to be here. That's where I'm gonna be. He catches it, then I'm gonna hit him and hopefully knock that ball out. If not, at least he's going to stay right there. He's not going any further. Very, very talented DB group, in my opinion. And then, obviously, you talk about you have Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead at that defensive line. I mean, that's that's tough to stop. And so I think whoever is the defensive coordinator, and I actually wouldn't be surprised if you saw, like, a Vance Joseph, uh, defensive coordinator for the Cardinals. Like he, may, he could jump ship to San Francisco because Cardinals are getting a new uh, head coach. And so... Yeah. Once uh, they get their new head coach, you know, I'm I'm sure Vance Joseph is out and he's actually a really good defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, and I think he would probably fit that 49ers team very well. He would be a guy that uh, wouldn't have stepped on uh, what Robert Sala built and then what D'Amico Ryan's built. He would mm-hmm. just kind of add to that. So I think I think that would be a good signing for the 49ers. But whoever yeah. they have, whoever it is, it's going to be good. That defense is going to be stellar. Now, of course, we always worry about the offense, but Brock Purdy, 
I, I mean, I'm still on the side of, I think if Brock Purdy was healthy, Mm-hmm. I, I still believe they could have beat the Eagles. I don't know if they would have, of course. I'm not going to go that far, but who knows? You know, Brock Purdy was playing really well until he got hurt. And that's, unfortunately, that was what the Niners had to deal with. Um, you know, and I I know this may be a little bit of a shocker, but I, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback over Trey Lance. I really wouldn't. Because I think what you could do if you're the 49ers is you can be like, hey, we really like Brock Purdy. We're willing to give, you know, Green Bay Packers. You guys want the, you want Trey Lance, um, you know, New Orleans Saints. Maybe you guys want him. Uh, Colts, you know. Mm-hmm. There are teams that are looking for a quarterback. He's a big guy. He would still be very well, t- um, you know, uh, uh, sought out. And uh, and he's a guy who can run, of course. He's had a couple of injuries already, one in the NFL, one in college. So, of course, we have to be a little cautious on that. But at the same time, there's always going to be a team who's going to take a run, who's going to take a chance on him. So, or they, you know, of course, the Niners could keep him. But I, I do feel like right now you have to still go with the hot hand, and I think that was Brock Purdy, and I don't think you can change that up now because, um, other than that injury, he was good, if not almost great. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I I think the Niners are are very in a great position. Um, I think you're going to see them probably draft another quarterback, uh, maybe two, so they can have four quarterbacks <laughs> on their on their roster this next year. But um, yeah, I'm with you. I think the Niners are just too good, and I think the Chiefs too. Mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs are now a team that every now everyone is looking at Patrick Mahomes as as the next Tom Brady. Yeah. So there's going to be veteran guys who are still very talented, very good, mm-hmm. like a Von Miller or something who are going to be, I'm not saying Von Miller specifically, just saying right. like, a, like a Von Miller where he went to Buffalo. I, I feel like there's going to be guys like that who are going to be like, I'll take the league minimum and I'm going to go play for Kansas city because they're a championship team. Yeah. And I think you could see the chiefs becoming better and still not going over the cap. I think they're going to let go of Juju Smith. I know he wants to stay. Yeah. Um, and he, he did, he did fine. He had seven catches and for like 51 yards or something. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he did good. Um, but you know, I think they're going to try and keep Kadarius Tony. Um, obviously Kelsey They're They're not going to get rid of him. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're going to probably draft another guy. They really liked Sky Moore. So I'm sure Sky Moore is going to see a few more, uh, footballs thrown his way. And uh, I think that team is just only going to get better, to be perfectly honest. Even if their defense stays the same, which I'm still like their defense as much as everyone is like, oh, they really, they didn't dominate the Eagles. I mean, they were getting driven on constantly too. Um, But they, they were, they had more success at the front line. There were a couple of times where, you know, their, their DBs were swatting the ball away and, and I'm not really a, huge fan of their linebackers but the linebackers are pretty quick so that does help so um i i I think their defense is going to get better though i i think there's going to be a couple of guys like indomica sues you know guys like that i think they're going to be like hey uh i'll i'll take the league minimum to to play for a championship caliber team so yeah um, i think the chiefs are going to be even more scarier next year to be honest you know a player i just thought of when you said that they uh will probably players will 
flock to to want to play with Mahomes and take a minimum or anything like that. You know, the first player I thought of was Odell Beckham. Yep, exactly. Can you imagine if Odell Beckham signed with the Chiefs? I mean, yeah. he just had the whole season off to recover. He already said that he's not really entertaining regular season. He really wants to push for like postseason. Yeah, this, that would that would be the perfect situation for him because he's not asked to be the number one guy. He can just be one of many. And then when he's called upon in the big moments of the playoffs, you know, you have a go-to guy that the defense has to respect. Yeah. So yeah, that would yeah, be and, absolutely and dangerous. The other thing that you would have to think about too is he is a guy that he doesn't have the um what's the word I'm looking for here? He doesn't have um I'm trying to say not like momentum, but like he can't say, Oh, I want to be the highest paid receiver. He doesn't have the he leverage. Have, that's what I'm, yeah, that's leverage. what I'm trying to say. He doesn't have the leverage right now that he did earlier this year. Yeah. So he's going to be a lot cheaper and he's a guy who's still very talented. And Mahomes is not the kind of quarterback who's going to be like, Oh, I have to feed him. Uh, he was never like that with Tyreek Hill. Sometimes yeah. Tyreek Hill only had like, you know, maybe five catches in the game and that was it. But hey, it was still five catches versus, you know, sometimes he would have 13 catches, you know? Yeah. So Mahomes is a guy who knows how to spread it out. He's not going to be like, oh, I, I got I to gotta make Odell happy, especially with the contract that Odell is going to have to sign. Exactly mm -hmm. what you said. He's, he has, he's not going to have the leverage, so... And he would be dangerous and he's not going to be asked to do as much as he did, you know, when he was in New York or, yeah. um, you know, when he was in Cleveland and, uh, you know, he will have the role that he had in Los Angeles with the Rams where, yeah, he was kind of the no, number one guy, but well, I would say probably Cooper cup still, but Odell was, uh, was also very, a, a great route runner he has great mm -hmm. hands and he's got some really good speed still even with acl injuries you can still run really well and you know he's a still he he's always been more of a possession guy yeah so it does it's not really a matter of his speed it's you know how his how his route running and how his hands are going to look and i'm sure he's going to be fine with that so yeah and you can probably even make the argument too that uh um going to Andy Reid would be better even offensively as compared oh. to Sean McVay. Cause I think we can both agree that Andy Reid is probably a little bit more superior than Sean McVay on the offensive side. So can you yeah. uh, just imagine the schematics and the schemes and the route combinations or the whatever play designs just to get Odell, just yeah. even a couple of catches and it would be, it'd be insane. And to have Patrick Mahomes throwing you the ball, that would be, I can't even fathom it. Like the NFL yeah. would be in trouble as a Raider fan. I don't want to see that like 0% <laughs> yeah. want to see that. But, um, as a football fan, it would be really, it'd be really interesting to watch. That's for yeah. sure. All right. So, um, with that being said, we were kind of talking about, uh, quarterbacks. Obviously we were talking about the, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, thing that's going on. But uh, in the AFC West, something else happened just before, <laughs> uh, just after the Super Bowl. Uh, Derek Carr was finally released by the Raiders, uh, as we probably, as everyone basically kind of thought was going to happen. And I just wanted to 
bring something up here, and then we're going to go into kind of our quarterback carousel, if you will. So, Cody, I'm going to kind of take the reins here, so I'm sorry. You know, Help sit yourself. back, drink, you know, grab a beer or something. Um, the Raiders botched this. The Raiders 100% botched this. And here's what I mean. If the Raiders were smart, which they haven't proven that they have been in a while. Now, we're big Raider fans, but we've seen this time and time again where they just botch the draft pick, botch the signing, uh, botch you know, what needs to be happening in the future, botch the head coaching signing, whatever it is. We've seen this too many times. This is the Raiders' MO. And, and I don't think it's crazy to say that they're right now as bad as what the Detroit Lions were for a while. Because the Detroit Lions kept botching everything. They had Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson, and they couldn't get it right, which is wild. And I feel like we're going to look at this year and be like, the Raiders had Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs, and they couldn't get it done. All the Raiders had to do was continue to play Derek Carr. I know, well, his contract, if he would have got hurt, listen, Derek Carr has had one huge injury, <laughs> like mm-hmm. one big injury, and that was a broken leg. Um, and I understand that there's those issues, but if they would have played it smart, they would have let him play through the rest of the whole year. They would have been coming out and saying the whole time, listen, Derek Carr is our quarterback. He's going to be our quarterback for the future. We signed him to this long deal. And then you're going to still get teams who understand, oh, hey, the Raiders, uh, they might kind of, hey, what if we float this trade out? You would have gotten so much more, and you probably would have gotten a trade in place for Derek Carr. But what do they do? We're going to bench Derek Carr. He's not playing anymore. We're basically going to let him go. So all the NFL teams did were like, hey, what if we gave you a third or fourth round pick and they're like no we want you know like uh, probably at least a second okay well you're not going to get that see you later you know okay then as time went on it was like okay we'll give you a fifth round pick and the raiders like no well we still we think we should get like a third round you're like no you have like four days left you're not getting a third round pick and then there was a report out there oh well you're gonna we'll give you like a seventh and another you know a couple of sixth and maybe a fifth no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> like, the Raiders could have got something, and I know it's not ideal, but here's the thing. Everyone goes, well, everyone kept saying that Derek Carr was going to get, like, a first-round pick or even a second-round pick. And the, No, what happened was the Raiders had a chance to get a first- or second-round pick for Derek Carr, but they botched it by benching him and not acting like they were going to keep him. Y- yes, are you, are you going to be lying to the fans for a little bit? Yeah. But to be perfectly honest, this whole year they were lying to the fans. So what's another couple of months going to do for you? And then also, they could have got something back. But they didn't. You could have literally made a trade to the Green Bay Packers, like for quarterback, quarterback, and a few draft picks, and probably Darren Waller, which would have sweetened the deal for them. And like, I'm not saying I want to get rid of Darren Waller, but you could have Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers again. And Aaron Rodgers has proven time and time again that all he needed was Devontae Adams. He didn't need a, a top, 
you know, five tight end. He made it work with a Robert Tunyon, uh, you know, um, uh, what's the guy who's been in the league forever who's on their team as well. I can't think of his name right now, but it, they, uh, Mercedes Lewis, that's who it is. So they've had these guys who have just been, they, they could have gotten some big trade and they botched it. Now, yes, am I a Derek Carr fan? Of course I am. But at the same time, I am a Raider fan. And if you really look at this, the Raiders botched it. And everyone wants to say, well, Derek Carr should have done them a favor. Why? Why should he have done them a favor? All he said was, I'm loyal to the Raiders. I'm loyal to the Raiders. And then they went and benched him and said, yeah, we're done with you. How, and then you're, you expect him to still be like, well, yeah, I'll still give you guys. Well, he got paid. They paid him a lot of money. Give me a break. Give me a, you guys were all saying that Dak Prescott should just walk on the Cowboys because they weren't going to pay him top dollar. And if you look at it, the Cowboys didn't owe Dak Prescott anything. To be perfectly honest, Dak Prescott probably owed the Cowboys. Dak Prescott in his first year had the best offensive line we had seen in a long time. Had a really good defense. Had a, Ezekiel Elliott was at the top of his game and had some great receivers. So let's not talk about like, oh, the Raiders owed Derek Carr or Derek Carr owed the Raiders. I'm not even going into that. All I'm saying is the Raiders botched it. If they wanted something back, they should have acted like they were going to keep Derek Carr at least, at least, and you would have got something back. Now we've had to let him go. Do we have a ton of cap space? Absolutely. But now we're banking on a, a possible Aaron Rodgers signing or trade, I guess, where the guy is literally in a house that's dark for four days and he's not even sure if he's even going to play. He hasn't even said if he's actually going to play next year or not. And then we're, there's some fans who I think are kind of delusional but are saying, you know, let's go after Lamar Jackson. I don't think we're going to be available to do that. And why would he come here? when they haven't shown the last quarterback all that great loyalty. And then they were like, well, let's, let's get a rookie quarterback. And I'm on the side of, if we're going to get a rookie quarterback, I want CJ Stroud. I think if we're going to go after anyone in this draft, CJ Stroud is the one I want. And we may not be in a position to get, even get him. So we screwed this up. We a hundred percent screwed this up. If you had Derek Carr, and you could have traded him for like a first round pick. You could have traded up to get a CJ Stroud. You could have had some compensation to get an Aaron Rodgers. And now you don't. And now you're going to have to, now it's going to be even worse. If you're going to get Aaron Rodgers, your first round pick is gone. Like you're not getting it back. And you're probably going to have to get rid of Darren Waller. So not only did you get rid of Derek Carr for nothing, but then you're going to probably have to get rid of Darren Waller, your first round pick to then possibly get Aaron Rodgers. And now you're in a worse situation, in my opinion. And I, I don't know. It, 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 they botched it. And it's not a, it's not a pro Derek Carr. It's not a pro Raiders. It's a, the Raiders could have gotten something for Derek Carr. I'm not even upset that they let him go. Even though, I mean, I am. I think they should have kept Derek Carr. But at the same time, 
Like, I'm okay that they let him go. I understand it's probably run its course. That's fine. I think that's okay to admit. But the Raiders could have gotten something back and they didn't. And they didn't. And this was completely botched. And I'm just, I'm furious. I'm furious because <laughs> this guy had shown so much loyalty. And so we could have used that to our advantage. Like, use it. Like, I know that might be called considered sneaky, air quotes, but I don't know. I just, uh, this was this was not handled well by the Raiders, and now we've let him go. It's kind of a long tangent, but it's just, it, it's very frustrating as a Raider fan, and even as a, as a Derek Carr fan, it's frustrating. Um, and I'm not even, I don't think I'm showing sides. I don't think I'm showing, oh, we should have kept Derek Carr and blah, blah. I was, I'm simply saying we should have got something back. Like, if you're going to pull this crap, at least get something back and we got nothing, which is terrible. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think anything would have been better than nothing. And honestly, I don't know. For those that I've seen on Twitter, too, uh, Raiders Twitter, that are upset for what Derek Carr did with essentially denying any trade up until the deadline to where he basically gave the Raiders an ultimatum. You either release me outright or you are going to pick up my $40 million uh, salary. So it's your choice. And, uh, you know, I think good on Derek Carr. I mean, you and I are fans of him because of where he, uh, because he played here at Fresno state. And I, you know, when we drafted him, I was excited for it. I think he got the short end of the stick in this admin in this uh, regime, which I think is unfair because I think it would have showed a lot of promise had there been actually some sort of effort to make him successful. I think that there were lots of stretches throughout the season where it felt like that this coaching staff didn't really want to support Derek Carr. And uh, it was seemed pretty obvious because of the body language and, you know, even when I know mathematically we weren't really in the best position to make the playoffs, but we sat him in the last two games where we could have at least had some moral victories and uh, maybe were maybe had we taken care of him in the last two games, Derek Carr would have maybe helped out the Raiders and facilitating a trade where we could have gotten something and whatnot. But because of the Raiders, in my opinion, unprofessionally, benching him before the season was over for maybe because they don't want him to get injured or what, or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I say good on Derek Carr for being petty and saying, I'm not going to help you guys after what you guys did to me after my loyalty to this franchise for, for them just to treat him the way they did in the, in the final weeks, I think is, is not really fair. I mean, he, arguably was the biggest reason why Devonte Adams came to Las Vegas. I mean, uh, Devonte Adams flat out said that. Um, and He's I think hundred percent why Devonte Adams came because the trade talks were dead and Derek Carr got it started again. Yeah. And I also think too, like, I think the Raiders will ultimately regret this because let's just say, and I know that I'm foreshadowing here, but let's just say we do get Aaron Rodgers. I think that they will miss the, consistency of dedication that they receive from Derek Carr every year, week in, week out, day in and day out in the facility with the team and basically getting everyone to uh, be their best around Derek Carr. I don't think that they're going to get that. Even if it is Aaron Rodgers that we get, I Aaron Rodgers to me, doesn't seem like a guy that's going to motivate a team to work harder. I, I just never seen that in green Bay. And I don't know why, if this does happen, I don't see why we assume that this 
will elevate anything if we brought him in. Yes, is he a better passer? Objectively, yes. But that does not mean that he's going to win over the locker room to where they will, you know, go figuratively out into battle with him like they were devoted to do so for Derek Carr. Now, again, Derek Carr doesn't have all the talent like Aaron Rodgers does, but I don't think you can deny that even with adversity last season with John Gruden, Henry Ruggs, you know, all the things in between and with the help of uh, Rich Passaccia and Derek Carr, they were able to get into the playoffs. I don't think that if Aaron Rodgers was on the team during all that distraction year from the year before, I don't yeah. think they would have gotten into the playoffs. I don't think they would have had the resolve that Derek Carr helped them have uh, to get through that tough season. And um, I, and I agree with you, Drew, it's just how they botched. This was unprofessional serves the Raiders right for how they treated him after somebody that devoted nine years of his career. And you cannot say that he didn't give his all for this franchise. So wherever Derek Carr goes, I wish him the best. I'm a fan, but uh, you know, I hope this is a lesson learned for the Raiders on how they should uh, take care of their uh, other people, you know, and not let talent walk out the door without getting something for it. Well, Cody, let's talk about that. Let's see um, where the quarterback carousel is going. So it's it's not going to be just about Derek Carr. We're going to be talking about all the other quarterbacks that uh, presumably seem to be available. Uh, Obviously, there might be some changes uh, probably fairly soon. But, um, Cody, where do you think Derek Carr is going to go next year? So speak of the devil, speaking of Derek Carr, I actually think that the best landing place for Derek Carr is actually New Orleans Saints. And I know he was rumored to have visited the New Orleans Saints uh, just last weekend. He was there Mm -hmm. for like two nights. Dennis Allen is a former head coach of his. I know that Dennis Allen is more of a of a defensive minded coach. There is some familiarity there. I really like the offensive line that they have with the Saints and also to the uh, receiving core that they have, especially yeah. with Chris Olave being, uh, I think he was runner up to offensive rookie of the year. So, you know, he ha- is a great talent. Uh, I think there, there are some question marks about the running backs because for those that don't know, there was some news about Alvin uh, Kamara being, you know, essentially indicted for uh, the February uh, incident of last year. So he probably won't be on the team much longer. But also, too, New Orleans plays in the Dome, and I think that Derek Carr would, throughout all the seasons, um, or throughout the whole season of the NFL, he wouldn't have to worry about going to too too much of cold climates, especially if his team does really well, and he can stay inside the Dome, of course. And also, too, the division that he, pl- that he would be playing in the NFC South is extremely weak. He would arguably the best quarterback that is in that division because there really isn't other, any other quarterback that could say that they're on Derek Carr's level. So that would be right there an upgrade for the saints. And this would be statistically the best defense that Derek Carr has ever played with. Cause I think the saints defense was like in the top 15 mm-hmm. in pressures and they have a really good um, uh, pass coverage defense as well. So I think in my opinion, the saints would be the best spot for Derek Carr to, to land. I think that's the realistic spot exactly for everything that you said, you know, Dennis Allen, that offensive line is okay. Um, there, there are some good receiving weapons, and if Michael Thomas decides to come back, who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be potentially really good. Um, you know, and and that's a that's a real defense that they have in New Orleans. Um, I actually really hope he goes to the Panthers. I think the Panthers are 
you had said it in the middle or at the beginning of the year, you thought that this team could potentially be a playoff team. But the issue was, is their quarterback situation. They had Baker Mayfield, who was arguably the worst quarterback in the league at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt rule is gone. Uh, They have Frank Reich as their head coach. Who's a offensive minded head coach. I don't think he was the problem in Indianapolis. Um, And I think, you have a lot of good weapons in like a DJ Moore receiver. Uh, they have some really good running backs and their offensive line is getting better and better. So I really like the Panthers and I think it would be a really good uh, fit for Derek Carr because where did Derek Carr have a lot of his success? You know, I think especially well, the last few years, John Gruden, he mm-hmm. really worked with an offensive minded head coach and he really started to thrive. Um, yes, he was great with Jack Del Rio. Um, but you know, obviously towards the end, there were some issues here and there and whatnot. So it was a little inconsistent. So Mm -hmm. I think going with an offensive minded head coach at this time in his career is going to do wonders for him. I hope he goes to the Panthers, but I'm not going to be surprised if he goes to the saints. I think that's the more realistic landing spot for him. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think the jets are in play as well. I hope he doesn't go to the Bucks. I think the Bucks yeah. are, are um are an issue. <laughs> Let's just say that. I don't think Atlanta as much as we talk about that, you know, the quarterback, I don't think <laughs> I don't think they would do that to Marcus Mariota where they would bring in Derek Carr and Mariota has to back up uh, well, Carr again. Well, I don't think that's a problem cuz Mariota's not going to be on the team. He quit on them like in week 12, I think. And that's why Ritter was uh, was put in place as a starter because uh, Marcus Mariota basically left the team. He he pieced out. He wasn't even mm-hmm. on the active roster. So, well, we'll see. I mean, I think the other issue is there's no defense in Atlanta. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I think that would be kind of an issue for for Carr as well. I think he wants to go somewhere where there's an actual defense. So I don't think he would go to Atlanta. So I I hope it's Carolina. I uh, wouldn't be surprised with this. It's the Saints, and I wouldn't hate that he goes to the Saints. So. Yeah. All right, Cody. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, as we talked about, where does he go? So I think this one's pretty obvious. I don't think he's going back to Green Bay. I think that he's basically paying lip service and talking about whether he wants to play football or not or if he's going to return to Green Bay. I think that all lo- all roads uh, are leading to going to Las Vegas. I mean, you got Devontae Adams advocating for it. I'm sure that uh, Mark Davis is going to want a big flashy headline. That's positive news for Raider nation, considering again, what we just talked about with what they did to Derek Carr. Uh, so I think that they will do what they can to get Aaron Rodgers. I think that they will overpay, uh, to acquire him. And, uh, I think too, Aaron Rodgers would probably want to come to Las Vegas, not because that we have a a potential Super Bowl team or a playoff team, but because he doesn't have to really answer to any uh, strict coaching staff, if that makes any sense. Like, for example, if he goes to the New York Jets, I think him and Robert Sala would bump heads immediately because Robert Sala is somebody that coaches about discipline. Uh, he gets the best out of him. And I think Aaron Rodgers is kind of in the stage of his career where he's not really doing the whole, uh, you know, participating with like what the younger players are doing of like team building and stuff like that. I think he'll want to go to a place that's similar to green Bay Packers because in green Bay, he basically controls that offense, even though Matt LaFleur is technically the head coach. I think Aaron Rodgers goes to somewhere like Las Vegas with Josh McDaniels as 
the head coach, but it's really Aaron Rodgers calling the show. And we all know that Josh McDaniels will not hold Aaron Rodgers accountable. So I think that just based on those alone will be the reason why I think Aaron Rodgers goes to the Raiders. I would actually disagree with uh, he wouldn't try and keep Aaron Rodgers in check. He absolutely would because that's one of the issues that Derek Carr and and McDaniels had with each other is <laughs> McDaniels was is the kind of guy who's going to call you out in front of everyone, uh, whereas uh, you know Gruden was more like, yeah, I'll call you out a little bit, but you know the big issues that I have, I'm going to do it in house, and so that's what Carr got accustomed to, and then. McDaniels came in and he just called everyone out all at once. And, uh, you know, Carr didn't like that is what I was reading um, from uh, uh, Sports Illustrated, Hondo Carpenter, who's a Raiders mm-hmm. insider. And I thought it was well written. Um, and um, so, yeah, I, I think McDaniels would actually go too much with Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is the I don't give a bleep right. about what you say. <laughs> And I think that's why I don't think it's a great fit for Raiders um, unless McDaniels does step back and just basically lets Rodgers do what he does, which is ironically what Carr wanted to kind of be able to do. He wanted his, he wanted to be able to go to the line and, and do what he does best. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Rodgers is going to do the same. But unfortunately, the only thing is the difference is Carr was was more willing to try and make it work with a coach, whereas Rodgers has been proven time and time again where he doesn't care who the coach is. He's going to do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I mean, I think that would be good for the Raiders in the in the perspective of at least you know that it's not always McDaniels making the calls. So I'm actually yeah. okay with that. Um, so I do hope that Aaron Rodgers does come to the Raiders. Overall, I, I agree. I think we're going to, ha- now we have to overpay. Uh, I yeah. think we had a chance, like I had said, where we could have added Carr into that trade, and that would have been really interesting. Um, but now, uh, now we're going to have to, uh, you know, I think Waller is going to have to be in play. Yeah. Um, I think um, Randall Cobb may come over to the Raiders. I think that if if Rogers goes to the Raiders, I think Randall Cobb and Devonte Adams are going to be your one-two receivers. I a hundred percent believe that. And I would Um, say that that's weaker than what we currently have with Winfro and Adams and uh, Hollins. I would say that having Cobb and Adams wouldn't be a downgrade. Yeah. Um, But, you know, you're going to have to get your first round pick, uh, which is going to set you back because right now, (laughs) if you get Aaron Rodgers, you're not playing for a top 10 pick. And so let's say Aaron Rodgers comes and plays one year and he says, you know what, I'm done. Or he says, hey, I'm going to play one more year and then I'm done. Um, you're not going to have your next quarterback in line. You're not going to have that. So this is another issue that I, <laughs> this is why I was saying the Raiders botched this. Is There's so many scenarios that if we would have got Aaron Rodgers and added Derek Carr, there's a chance we could have got an additional, you know, second or even third round pick where you can get a guy like a Jake Hayner in the third round mm-hmm. um, who is the senior senior bowl MVP, uh, also a Fresno state quarterback. And of course, you know, there's probably a lot of Raider fans who are like no more Fresno state quarterbacks, <laughs> but ideally he is a guy who is not ready to play right now, in my opinion, yeah. in the NFL. But if he learned under Aaron Rodgers, he's got, he's got a really good arm. Um, Hayner does. 
So kind of like what Aaron Rodgers, now Aaron Rodgers obviously has a better arm, but still he could learn under Rodgers. And I think that would be an ideal situation, but now you're going to have to overpay for Rodgers and you're probably not going to be able to get an early quarterback where you're going to have to go with a late round pick and hopefully, you know, Hayner or someone, uh, even a Hendon hooker who's kind of dropped off a little bit could possibly be there. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see, but, um, I hope he goes, but I honestly, I think he's going to stay with green Bay. I, I don't, so? I do. I don't see, I mean, outside of the jets, mm-hmm. I think the jets could make a compelling argument to get him. Um, but I don't know if Rogers wants to go to the jets. I think they moved Nathaniel Hackett over there thinking, Oh, Rogers is going to want to come play, but yeah, we don't know. <laughs> like, we really don't a hundred percent know that. He's that in love with Hackett, and especially after the whole Russell Wilson thing, yeah. that may not have been the smartest move. That may have been like Aaron Rodgers going, "Yeah, not gonna go there." Well, I mean, <laughs> so, we're we're talking about this in Aaron Rodgers' perspective. If I, if you're the Green Bay Packers, do you even want Rodgers back? I mean, not that he's not a great quarterback, but you you started Jordan Love for a game and a half just because of injury, and he he held his own. Uh, it seems like it'd be less drama, so to speak, to have a new quarterback there. And Aaron Rodgers in the third offseason in a row is already talking as if he doesn't even want to come back. And if I'm not mistaken, last season, last offseason, he was willing to stay if he got paid a lot of money. And that's what they did. And now third offseason row post getting his money, he still wants to go. So if, if we're Green Bay, you know, do you even want to, keep Aaron Rodgers or would it be in your best interest to move forward and just say, you know what, let's send you somewhere else. But I think our time is over together. I mean, wouldn't you think green Bay would want to do that with all that's been transpiring the last few off seasons? I a hundred percent believe that the green Bay Packers want to do that. But I thought that last year yeah. and I felt like you shouldn't even paid him Yeah. to be perfectly honest. I mean, they shouldn't have even paid him, but they did. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, you know, if I'm going to quote the Bible here, it's like a dog going back to its vomit. You know, it's, it's comfortable. It's familiarity. It's, we know what we have in Aaron Rodgers. We've already committed to him that we are going to pay him this. So (laughs) we could, we could still compete. You know, we make a couple of draft picks, get a couple. I mean, they're, they're okay on receiver. I think maybe another receiver would be good to, to get and then you know beef up the offensive line a little bit more and get some defenders and look listen you can still attract some guys to come play with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay because he's Aaron Rodgers there's always going to be guys who are going to want to play with him so yeah I don't think it's I don't I honestly don't think it's that crazy and I just don't see it would be the smart move to move off of him because you're going to get so much back and Mm -hmm. if you've seen what the Raiders did they completely botched it so don't botch it like them but I mean, the Packers could have literally just gone away from it last year, and they didn't. So yeah. um, I, I just, right now, it's hard for me to believe that they're actually going to do that. But who knows? I hope I'm wrong, uh, because I, I would hate to see, you know, the Packers not be viable um, or constantly in the news about what Aaron Rodgers said or what he's doing now. So yeah. um, it would be, I think it would be a nice change of scenery, but we'll see. Fair enough. All right, Cody. So the next quarterback, Lamar Jackson, where is he going? All right. So I think I'm going to shock you with this one. I do not think he's going to reach an agreement with the Ravens. I think Mm. 
I think last season when the Ravens wouldn't give him as an extension, I think was a big, uh, you know, showing their hand essentially of that. They weren't willing to commit to Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson getting injured towards the last end of the season, essentially being out for the playoffs to where they couldn't continue to go deeper into the playoffs, I think is kind of evidence for the Ravens that they are probably cautiously wanting to commit to Lamar Jackson long-term. But I think what makes them hesitant is because of his injury. And yes, he's a mobile quarterback and we still have questions on his passing ability. Not that he's not a good passer, but could he lead an offense with passing and not with his legs? Cause essentially when he uses his legs is when he becomes injured. So I think a team that he will end up with that makes the most sense to me is the Washington commanders. And here's why. Well, I know it's out of left field, but here there's some logic to the madness here. There's been rumors that Eric B is getting interviewed as an OC for the commanders. I think that Ron Rivera is going to hire Eric B as the new OC. And I think they're going to want to bring in a dynamic quarterback that is going to be able to run the ball, uh, you know, take care of the football check downs, uh, throw it when needed. And I think they will, get Lamar Jackson on the commanders commanders have a really good offensive line. They have a really good defense. They have a one, two run game component with Brian Roberts, uh, Brian Robertson, excuse me. And, uh, and um, Gibson, which I think would help take a lot of pressure off of Lamar Jackson. And I think this will be Eric B opportunity to prove to everybody for those that haven't already hired him as a head coach, which by the way is completely insane. I think this will be Eric Bieniemy's to prove that he can take a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, make an offense that works to his specialty and make him successful in Washington. Cause Washington actually has really good weapons with scary Terry. They also have Curtis, uh, Samuel Curt- uh, Curtis Samuel, excuse me, uh, <laughs> along with a couple of other young and up and coming receivers that they drafted over, over recent years. I think Lamar Jackson going to the commanders would be really beneficial for both. It'll prove to Lamar Jackson that he can, take another team and be successful. And it'll prove to Eric B again, if he's hired that he can take another quarterback, that's not Patrick Mahomes and make them successful and make the commanders successful. So it's kind of out of left field, but I think that there's a lot of logic behind it. And so I'm going to just go out on a limb and say, I think Lamar Jackson goes to the commanders. It wouldn't be that big of a move either. So I'll give you that, but I, I don't know. I, I, that one would be tough. I think uh, that would be hard to do. I mean, um, could we we agree though that Lamar Jackson would be an upgrade over uh, Taylor Heineke and uh, Carson Wentz? So heck no, Heineke <laughs> is the truth, my guy. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm I'm with you. I, I, it's a it's a smart. I mean, if you're Washington, yes, you you need to do that. You know, a month ago. Yeah. But um, you know, I just. <sighs> I, it depends on what Lamar Jack. It, he's going to have to love that situation, and I I don't think it's crazy, but um, I don't know. For me, I I think Jack. I mean, I hope you know. Hey, shoot, Las Vegas. That would be the that would be the way to go. I would much yeah. rather have Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. I know yeah. that's crazy because Aaron Rodgers has the better arm, mm-hmm. but Lamar Jackson is going to stay there for more than you know two three years. Lamar Jackson is going to be there if we were going to get him. He's going to be there for a while. And you could give him the same contract that you were going to give Carr. But you'd mm-hmm. probably have to give him more, to be honest. 
Yeah. Um, and so you're not going to be able to do much else if you go after Lamar Jackson. But at the same time, you don't have to give a draft capital, which is huge um, at this point. And, um, you know, you could team him up with Devontae Adams and you could keep Darren Waller if you want, or you could trade him, whatever, yeah. um, or Hunter Renfro. And then you have Josh Jacobs, you know, you could sign him or not. Um, but Josh Jacobs would arguably be his best running back that he has had uh, in his career. So, you know, you're adding that as well. So that would be really interesting. I think, I think if they're the Raiders, you're all in on Lamar Jackson above Aaron Rodgers because you don't have to give anything up other than money. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that would be the better move in my opinion. Mm. Um, and there's probably a way you can stretch out the contract where, um, you know, you don't have to give him a ton this year, but you know, in the next few years, you would have to kind of, um, you know, have that, what, I don't know what they call it, but the increasing of the salary. So, um, you know, that's a possibility, but I I think realistically he's going to stay in Baltimore. Um, if, if anything, they're going to franchise tag him. And here's the thing. I'm also on the side of, I don't think the Ravens owe Lamar Jackson, you know, all of this, but I also don't think Lamar Jackson owes the Baltimore Ravens anything either. If Lamar Jackson would have came out and played in the playoff game where it was arguably he was able to play, I think then I would be on the side of, okay, Lamar, they owe Lamar Jackson a ton. But Mm -hmm. I think because of they weren't going to give him that contract, he kind of gave them a little bit of a taste of their own medicine by not playing in that playoff game. Mm-hmm. And I obviously it ultimately hurt them. Um, and so I think that was kind of not a move I like in my, you know, if I were a coach or a front office or whatever, but it's not going to be the end all be all because I do believe, Hey, listen, we did him dirty. He did us dirty. All right, let's, let's wipe our hands clean. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk. And there's a lot of things that are going on where there's talk, there's talks about, uh, I think they just hired um, either a pass coordinator or, an, or another offensive coordinator, I remember which one it was. But arguably, they, the story was that Lamar Jackson asked for him personally. Mm-hmm. And so there's already talks that are being made. So I do think it's going to be Lamar Jackson staying in Baltimore. I don't, I don't see him leaving ultimately. All right, Cody. So uh, the next quarterback we have, Jimmy Garoppolo. Where does he go? And yeah, where does he go? I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to wind up uh, on the Tennessee Titans. I think uh, Mm. he's going to be kind of an upgrade from Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, that offense is not going to require him to sling it 40 times for 300 plus yards. He's just going to have to be a game manager. Uh, you know, make sure he doesn't turn the ball over, which he's, he's very efficient. He takes care of the ball, uh, with some, with some caution, I would say, I mean, I think his first couple of years in San Francisco, he had a little bit of an interception problem, but that could have very easily been just getting adapted to Shanahan's system. But I think Jimmy Garoppolo would be an upgrade to Tannehill. Like I said, obviously there's Derek Henry in the backfield, who is the number one option in that offense. So it kind of takes a lot of pressure off of Jimmy G that offensive line is still a really good unit to where they would protect Jimmy G and they have a really good defense to rely on. So again, he's not asked to get into shootouts. Uh, he just has to make sure that he takes care of the ball and that he gets it to where it needs to go and that he doesn't lose the game, but you know, helps uh, do enough to win the game. So I have Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Titans. 
Um, I actually hope Jimmy G goes to the Jets. Um, I think that's a good fit because um, he's worked with Sala before. Obviously, not as a head coach, but he has worked with him before, so he has a little bit of familiarity with him. I think he's a obviously a better passer than any of their quarterbacks that they had last year. And then you work with a really good defense where he's worked with a really good defense before, so you know what Jimmy G is going to give you. He's going to get. He's going to be um, accurate. Um, you know, he's not going to surprise you with his arm. He can move a little bit. Yes, he can have that injury-prone type injury to him but at the same time uh the jets have said that they want to you know build zach wilson back up um and i think that's the way you do it jimmy garoppolo is a guy who's not going to you know be your forever solution but he also is going to be a guy who's going to be a very solid starter and where you can get zach wilson right and hopefully uh later down the road when jimmy g is gone uh they can throw in wilson and he'll look you know how they hoped he would look so um i think that would be a great fit where i really think he's gonna go i gotta be perfectly honest and it kills me to say this i do <laughs> think it it's las vegas there's a lot of reports <laughs> out there that are saying that jimmy g is the one that they're going after right now yeah. and why because jimmy g is not going to argue with mcdaniels he's familiar with the system and jimmy g is not an upgrade over Derek Carr by any means, mm-hmm. but he's not a guy who you're going to have to sign a big contract to. And I think that's what the Raiders are looking for. Unfortunately, they need to make a big swing and I hope they do. But I, I just, I've seen this movie too many times to think that the Raiders are going to get an Aaron Rodgers. The Raiders are going to get a Lamar Jackson. I think we're going to end up with Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. and there's going to be a lot of, fans who are like they this mcdaniels is gonna have to go like i 100 percent believe that now could it look good in the beginning possibly because mm-hmm. jimmy g does know the system so it's not going to take him that long to figure it out but i do think later down the road if they don't improve that defense it's going to be it could be a whole lot worse uh, yeah. because jimmy g is not good under pressure um yes he can scramble but he also is a guy who gets injured a lot. So you're going to have to have a really good backup plan. So if you do sign Jimmy G, you better save that seventh round pick for a quarterback because, or seventh round, the seventh overall pick uh, for a quarterback, because you're going to need someone to back him up. So uh, that's where I think he really is going to go. That'd be interesting. Yeah. All right, Cody. Next quarterback we have is Daniel Jones. Where does he go? So I think this one is going to be pretty lame, but I think he's going to actually resign with the Giants. I don't know if the Giants really are going to be able to, um, you know, convince anybody better than Daniel Jones. I kind of think that even if they did go after, let's say, Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't know if that's much of an upgrade. I think um, Brian Dable has found success with Daniel Jones, and I think Daniel Jones is his best self being under Brian Dable. So I actually think that they'll come to a uh, an extension, and I I see Daniel Jones staying right where he's at. What's going on, everybody? This is Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We are proud to announce that Drew Code is a proud member of the Fanatics affiliate program. If you don't know what Fanatics is, Fanatics is a one of a kind 
unique sports apparel website that sells officially licensed NFL, NBA, MLB, college sports, and WWE gear. Fanatics is where all your favorite leagues and teams are available to buy. Drew and I, of course, are diehard Raiders fans and Giants fans. So, of course, we are going to fanatics.com to get all of the latest gear for our teams to be the most represented. Right now, you can click the link in the description below to purchase your favorite team's officially licensed gear now. Follow us on social media and get the latest news on discounts and promos. We'll see you there. I don't disagree. I think it's going to be the Giants. Now, an outside chance. This might be really crazy. Uh-huh. and It's not going to happen. But what I think would be an, a really good option would be the Rams. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because Matthew Stafford is getting older. Mm-hmm. He didn't look great. Now it could have been in his injury, of course. But at the same time, you throw in Daniel Jones there. Let's say, you know, Stafford isn't ready to go by the beginning of the year, which he should be. Uh-huh. Um, but let's say he's not. You throw in Daniel Jones and you still have offensive line troubles. He's mm-hmm. a guy who can run. And now you've given him a lot of confidence and you're giving him to another um, offensive minded head coach where Brian Dayball was. Mm hmm. I think it's a really outside chance, but I do think it would be actually a very good option for the Rams where, uh-huh. but you'd have to pay Daniel Jones a lot more money than you're going to want to pay. And I think that's ultimately what would be the issue unless he would be willing to take less, but yeah. I don't think he will because I think he sees the writing on the wall. So he's going to try and take as much as, as he can, as he should. I'm not blaming him for that. So I think the best, the best spot is, because nowhere, I mean, anywhere else he goes other than maybe like the Commanders, the Texans, um, yeah. maybe the Patriots, if all of a sudden Mac Jones is even worse, yeah. um, you know, or in the Jets, too. I think Daniel Jones would would be um, a backup quarterback anywhere else. So I okay. I. I, I think it's going to be the Giants, but I just wanted to throw the Rams out there as that would be really interesting. And it actually wouldn't be that bad of a backup plan for the Rams, mm-hmm. especially if this Matthew Stafford trend continues, which I don't think it will, but you never know. So. Well, okay. First off, you brought up the Rams. So if they're even in the market of looking for a quarterback, why not see if Derek Carr's interested? I mean, yeah. But I'm just saying as a backup plan. So I don't, I, I don't think Derek Carr wants to be a backup. I think that if you convinced him that he can take the reins of the offense in the future, because well, I'm just going to assume that Derek Carr is probably going to be looking for a four or five year deal. What's one year to set behind Matthew Stafford, who's injury prone, who may retire if he yeah. continues to have elbow injuries and back issues. Um, I mean, and he's going to be playing for a Super Bowl winning coach and an organization that could not be any more top notch in the league. I mean, yeah. If I'm Derek Carr, again, I don't think this will happen, but if I'm Derek Carr, I'm picking up the phone and I'm entertaining it. Have a backup role. I mean, you know how many other starters had a went to a backup role and then signed to a team that gave them a yeah. starting opportunity. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing for Derek Carr. No, I I, I see what you're saying. But you, the issue would be the money. Derek Carr is going to be too expensive for what the Rams are going to want to pay. And Daniel Jones is going to be too expensive for what they're going to want to pay. Unless you can come to an agreement where they would take less and be willing to, as you said, be willing to play for a contender, yeah. which I do think the Rams will be. Um, 
once Matthew Stafford is healthy or if they did get Jones or Carr by some off chance, um, mm-hmm. I think the Rams would would be a really good team. But um, it's just going to be all about the money at that point. And I don't think the Rams can. I mean, the Rams are already talking about getting rid of Jalen Ramsey to get rid of some cap. I don't even want to hear about money. They're the ones that essentially blew up the league by signing all these guys to these contracts to the Swiss bank account that they have. They have the well, money. Yeah, but that's don't, why they're not going to get those you. quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> don't let them fool you. They'll make it happen. They just got to check true. under that's... the sofa cushions. All right, Cody, we got one more quarterback. Uh, the one that we added last minute, Geno Smith. Where is he going? Man, you know, when we added him last minute, I totally thought, you know, uh, probably just get re-signed back to the Seahawks, which I think he will ultimately get uh, re-signed back to the Seahawks. But I'm just going to suggest uh, the best landing place for him just because I'd like anarchy. I'm going to say the Colts. <laughs> I think the Colts would be an interesting uh, team if if uh, they went out to get a Geno Smith, which I don't think they will. I think Jim Irsay kind of uh, tipped his hand by saying he was going to draft a quarterback. But let's just say he doesn't. I think Geno Smith maybe would be an interesting quarterback that would be on that team. I mean, you got Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. You have a pretty good offensive line um, and a decent defense. Um, and then also, too, you have um, what's the Shane? I forgot what his name is. Uh, I think he was the OC or. Yeah, I think he's the OC for the Eagles. That's now going to be the head coach over there. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he would be a pretty in- a good head coach to be with as an offensive head coach. So ultimately I think Geno Smith will re-sign with Seahawks, but I think the best place that would probably be for him would be the Colts. I think that would be an interesting fit for him and that team. And I think it would be a, a breath of fresh air for Geno and the Colts. I don't think the Colts would do it just because the issues that they've had with the last couple of quarterbacks that they have signed. Sure. Geno Smith is not as old as those two quarterbacks that they ended up grabbing, but at the same time, he is an older quarterback. So I think they're, they're trying to go young. So I just don't think, you know, I, I agree with you. That might be a really good spot for them. And they are, I, I don't even know if they're necessarily rebuilding in a sense. I mean, I know they have a new head coach, so how are they not rebuilding? That defense is really good. They were very injured. And as you just said, they have Jonathan, Taylor they have a Michael Pittman Jr they have a really good offensive line that's a team that just needs a quarterback to start winning well that's what I'm saying Um, who's going to throw them the ball if they don't if they don't that's what I'm saying is like why not go younger and get your future set where you can tag him up with why are you going to go with Geno Smith so yeah okay that that's I and I think I think they've been there done that with the uh you know veteran quarterbacks I I don't think they're going to go that route so well, I just on. don't think hold they on. were going to take that. I, I, so here's what I'll say. I, I agree. I don't think they'll go this route either. So I'm not making the argument that this is going to work. I'm just saying, I think the reason why it didn't work with Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan was because they were way past their prime. Can we, I mean, they should have retired before they went on to the Colts. Yeah. No, I think G, I I, so. obviously Geno Smith has a lot left in the tank and he won comeback player of the year. So I think obviously if he goes to the Colts, you're not getting an old veteran quarterback on there. You get somewhat of a veteran quarterback that doesn't need to go through a bad season as a rookie or anything like that. You actually might be somewhat of a potential wildcard team that comes out of, uh, out of uh, where are they at the, the North. So, mm-hmm. or no, the South, the South, the South, excuse me. South. Yeah. So, I mean, it, 
you never know. And I think if you get like a, you know, C, uh, CJ Stroud, let's say you may have a subpar season, but I think if you get Geno Smith and again, I don't think he'll go there, but if you do get a Geno Smith, you actually might be a playoff contender. Like you thought you were last season. And again, probably won't happen. I agree with you, but um, that would be my thought. And again, the Colts make such radic decisions. That's why them going logically younger. I don't know if they would do that. <laughs> so. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but um, I, I, I actually kind of hope Geno Smith goes to the Titans. No, oh. I think he would fit the Titans really well because they like, obviously they just had Ryan Tannehill who wasn't, terrible for them i don't think he was great but um he they did he did what they asked him to do he you know when he had to run he was able to run um so he wasn't you know sacked all the time and also he was a a pretty accurate quarterback and i think geno smith is a more accurate quarterback he's a guy who can run um and just came off the best season of his career so I think that would really fit. And I think he's a guy who is hungry and would work really well with Mike Rabel. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Derrick Henry behind you, which, um, you know, although Seattle did have a nice uh, breakout running back in Kenneth Walker, you have Derrick Henry and a better offensive line, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. you have a really good defense where the Seattle Seahawks defense wasn't great. Um, they played a lot better than than what we had thought, but I think the Titans are overall a better defense and, and uh, better offensively. And you have a young receiver uh, that they just uh, drafted in Traylon Burks. And, and uh, I think, I think he'll be really good. So um, I really hope he would go to Tennessee, but I, I ultimately think he's going to stay in Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. Seattle's where they believed in him. They were okay with starting him. Uh, they got, they traded and got drew luck and we just thought it was Locke who's going to be the quarterback. And all of a sudden they're like, Nope, we're starting Gino. We like Gino. Mm-hmm. And he did nothing but, you know, prove that he belonged in the starting position. And I don't think he, I think he's a pretty loyal guy and I think he wants to make it work in Seattle. So I think that's where yeah. he would end up. But um, I hope he kind of does think about Tennessee. Cause that would actually be a really interesting uh, spot for him. Um, and I think it would be a better position for him. Um, to at least think of playoffs and and potentially like AFC championship almost. Mm -hmm. I think that it has a potential there. And if they can draft right, uh, you know, they might be able to go to the next level. I don't, I don't think so, but you know, you never know. So I I think that would be a really good fit for them. Yeah. That'd be interesting. All right. Well, we were going to talk about NBA, but we went way over. So there's no NBA talk today. (laughs) It's not like the all-star game is, is this big spectacular that we need to talk about. Oh, who's going to win East or West because uh, no one plays defense anymore. So no. Yeah. And the, actually the little twist of it this season is they're going to pick the team on the, on game night. So they're going <gasps> to, Ooh, I know, so that's going to make it not any more exciting. I mean, and then truthfully too, like the all-star weekend, I remember being young and getting excited for it. And now like the only thing I'm really excited for is a three point contest. I'm not even yes. excited for the dunk contest anymore. Like I'm pretty sure so there's two G leaguers who are in the dunk contest. This year, yeah. Which is wild. Well, and what's ironic too, is one of them, I think his name is uh Mac 
McClung, I think. Yeah, former, McClung, yeah. Yeah, former Laker. And he actually, he was a, I think it was a uh, Instagram uh, viral dunker yeah. when he was in high school. So he's really yeah. athletic and really good. So it'll be entertaining. But uh, I mean, just recently with how the NBA <laughs> has been trying to get dunk contests done, it's majority G leaguers. It's people yeah. that are on the bench that nobody really knows about. You can't really get big name stars doing it anymore. Um, I know that you don't watch first take very more, but uh, Stephen A. Smith had a suggestion that uh, uh, I think like a handful of NBA all-stars should sponsor a, um, a dunker from like a region or a state or whatever, bring them to the dunk contest on all-star weekend, have them dunk it out. And then that person ultimately like wins a grand prize or whatever. And it would be like, you would get in based on like most creative dunk and stuff like that. And so it would be a really good show because they're professional dunkers, whereas NBA yeah. players, they're not really trying to, you know, focus on only dunking, but at least you would get NBA players still involved in all-star weekend. And then you would show like, you know, across the country talent for those yeah. that actually do it as a profession, you know, cause there's YouTube, Instagram videos of all sorts of professional dunkers. And we actually here in Fresno have um, Jonathan Clark, who's I believe the basketball coach over here at Bullard high school. And he is like a viral dunker himself. So he would be somebody that could potentially be dunking on all-star weekend. Like that would be great to see rather than some G leaguer that will probably never see the NBA floor this season, unless it's a 10 day contract. So, I mean, I would take it a step further. I mean, you could sponsor a high school kid you can yeah. have these, these kids who are up and coming pos- you know, potential uh, NBA players, you yeah. know, and or even make them or bring in the college kids. I mean, whatever, whatever you think would work. And um, that way you kind of just, yeah. And that way you kind of have a, um, this is what the future is in the NBA. And then you, you know, the kid comes into college and you hear that name. You're like, Oh yeah, I saw him in the dunk contest. So it kind of brings back the whole, like, because, you know, you used to have to go to college for, two years or three years and then you would be eligible to be in the nba draft so you kind of got to know some of the players yeah where now we've kind of gone away from that and i'm not saying that's bad but you know you don't really know half of these guys who are in the draft now because you're like oh i haven't heard it so i think that would be kind of interesting to bring them in and and you know do a dunk contest maybe skills contest whatever so yeah, but I'm with you. I think the three contests is my favorite. And then I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to watch, I'll probably watch the dunk contest. I'm saying that I won't, but then I'll probably be like, well, let me see. It's kind of that point where you're watching it because you're like, I want to see how bad this really is. And then you yeah. just, it's like a car wreck, you know, like it's not going to be great to look at, but you just can't help but turn away. Yeah. But I agree. Like the three point contest is now the most exciting. I kind of wish all-star weekend would make the three point contest, the main event, you know what I mean? Like have yeah. it close out saturday night because it is the most popular like all the stars that you know of are actually in that one not necessarily the dunk contest i think that dunk contest is kind of like past its phase for nba stars now yeah yeah for sure all right well thank you guys so much for joining us um please um follow us on all of our social media sites which is facebook twitter instagram and even tiktok uh, also subscribe on our youtube channel like and comment on all the videos um, and also uh, go subscribe on all the major podcast site. Um, we're on Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, and um, iHeart. So go check those out. 
um and also rate and review anything and everything does help uh you know five stars are are what we want but if it's a one star let us know what you didn't like and uh that way we can uh you know work on that and fix it so uh and also go check out all of our partners it's going to be in the description fnx fit um you can get 15 percent off by using our code um you can go to fanatics uh where you can use our link and help support us fanatics always has like 70 percent, 50 percent at least like mm-hmm. they always have deals going so go check them out regularly use our link and uh, that way you can help support uh, our podcast. That would be very appreciative. And then also uh, SeatGeek. Go check them out. Um, if you haven't ever used SeatGeek before, use our code. I mean, use our link. Um, you can get $20 off your very first purchase uh, by using our link. So that's that's awesome. So please, please, please uh, support us in uh, all the stuff that we do. We appreciate all the love and support that we have always gotten on here. So thank you very much. And uh, Cody, why don't you go ahead and close this out, sir? Well, thank you, sir. So as uh, Drew just mentioned, and I'll just kind of squeeze in here, uh, check out DrewCodeSportsTalk.com. All the links to our partners that Drew had mentioned with the promo codes are on that website. All of our current uh, podcast episodes are on there. We even have a playlist of our top five uh, favorite uh, two bays in a pod episodes that we've done uh, years ago when we were in the middle of pandemic and we had more free time on our hands. Uh, so go check out, go check those out, give them a quick listen. And then also to you guys, just as Drew had mentioned, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, subscribe to the podcast. We are so fortunate that you guys continue to listen to us and engage with us. It is so fun. I mean, I know that Drew had mentioned uh, the Facebook comments, but truthfully, it's kind of fun to see some of the wild comments and to get some of that interaction from you guys that are listening and participating. So it's really fun. Uh, and then I'm just going to foreshadow this. Hopefully next week we can get a Sanger West baseball update from the voice of the Hornets. Shout out to Sanger West uh, High School because they actually they posted the video of uh, Drew calling the first win of their school's history. And you can clearly hear his voice over the video, which was great. So we had commented back to them. And according to social media, and this is coming from them themselves, they have dubbed you the voice of the Hornets. So. We'll have to get a uh, baseball update from you next week, Drew. So super happy for you, man. Super excited for all that. Yes. um, I feel bad because I was offered to do softball. um, But if I... Oops. Sorry, I got toys going off right now. So sorry (laughs) about that. Anyway, um, I was so... I was thinking about doing softball. But with me uh, coaching basketball, and we are going to be starting fairly soon, it's going to be too much. Um, And so I unfortunately had to decline, which kind of sucks because I know some of the girls that were on the varsity varsity basketball team are also on the softball team. So, of course, I would like to, you know, kind of do that and kind of see what they're doing and all that. But, um, you know, I I really want to do coaching. I want to see this through. So I'm going to I'm going to stick to that. So, again, sorry, Sanger West, for not being able. I almost swept all of the sports, (laughs) but unfortunately, um, you know, I got to I got to do what's going to be best. And, you know, I'd like to see my family. So, uh, you know, that's that's another thing. But uh, congratulations to Sanger West uh, baseball for winning their first game. It was incredibly windy. 
Um, you know, they didn't, I mean, they played a, a, a decent team. I'm not going to go out and say, you know, this was a, a great team, but they played a pretty decent team and, and they won pretty well. Their starting picture for, uh, Singer West is, is looking pretty good. They have a couple of good, um, you know, players on that team, but you can tell, you know, there's going to be some, uh, hiccups here and there, but I don't think this is a team that is going to lose the rest of their games. I think they're, they're a team that can, can be pretty viable. So. Uh, hopefully it goes well for them and uh you know hopefully they continue to get better and better so are you calling a game tomorrow for them no no they don't have any home games for the rest of this week so i am i am off for the rest of the week and probably next week they'll probably have maybe one or two okay cool we'll get a report back from you then so yeah of course all right guys this is drew code sports talk we appreciate you guys for listening we will catch you guys next week thanks for all the love and support and we will see you catch you on the flip side